All right, everybody, welcome back to the Second Take Podcast. This is Roland here with Ryan, and we're going to discuss today some recent news, as I'm sure you all know. James Harden and Damian Lillard both have requested trades. We're going to dive into the impact both of those trade requests might have on this upcoming season. And we're going to start diving into our top 10 list. So this is going to be a running segment where we rank the top 10 players at each position in the NBA. And today we're going to start off with point guards. But to kick us off, like I mentioned, a couple big trade requests. What do you really think is going to come about with these two superstar players requesting trades? Yeah, so just starting with Damian Lillard. I think, as we had discussed in our previous episodes, it only makes sense that Portland trades Dame and restarts. I think it's a split that works out for both parties involved. Portland can start rebuilding with all the pieces they have because they have good pieces to start that. And Dame can go look for a winning team. Um, All the rumors are saying that Miami, 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 and they're kind of him and his agent are pushing off any ideas of him going to any other teams. But... Is Miami really the spot that he's going to end up? I don't think, personally, they have a package that Portland would really want. I mean, Tyler Hero, I've never really thought of him as a super impactful player. Um, and then he could maybe get a couple of draft picks. Uh, I personally don't think that there is a package with just Miami that Portland would be enticed enough. I do think a third team would have to be involved. Yeah, I agree with that. Because if I'm Portland, I don't want Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, and Tyler Hero. It's too many guards, too many guards who do the same thing. So you need to find someone else who wants to take Tyler Hero and might be able to send more picks to Portland. Because I don't think Portland's going to take Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and the two first-round picks that Miami has to offer. No, I don't think that's enough. Especially since Damian Lillard. We saw last year Tyler Hero didn't even play in the playoffs because of injury. So it's not like they he really impacted their playoff run this previous season. So they'd basically be upgrading Kyle Lowry for Damian Lillard for just a couple extra first-round picks. So I don't really think Portland... Yeah, go for that it's way more worth it for Miami than it is for Portland. So it's essential Miami gets that third team, especially since that's the team that Dame wants to go to and they've been prepping for him to go there. Otherwise, I think there are other teams who could start getting involved, right? I mean, the Jazz, if they really wanted to, they could get him. They have the assets. Like There are just other teams out there who are way more able. If New York really wanted to, they could get Dame as well. Um, rumors are Boston maybe wants to try to get Dame. I just I don't know exactly what Boston would be willing to give up. Like, are they willing to give up Jalen Brown to get Dame back? I think you touched on a more potential suitor. I think Boston's a better fit. I do think they would have to give up Jalen Brown. Now, do you think a Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard swap is the best thing to do if you're Boston? I don't know. Jalen Brown definitely has more years. Uh, left in the NBA playing at a high level, I think Damian Lillard's a better player for the next couple of those years. So if you're really trying to win right now within the next two to three seasons, I think a Damian Lillard upgrade would be the right move. But then you're going to be moving on from a young star 
who has potential to get even better. So I don't, I mean, I don't think there's a package for Boston that doesn't involve Jalen Brown. Yeah, if I'm Portland though, and Boston offered me Jalen Brown, I would hop right on that. Honestly, for a trade for Dame to be able to trade a superstar generational offensive talent and get Jalen Brown back, who's still pretty young, honestly. Like I would be, I'd be ecstatic. Um, in that case, I don't know if Boston's really willing to move him in that trade. They might think they can get him without giving up Jalen Brown, just because of all their picks they could give up a Robert Williams and one of their other guards like Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon. But at that point, it ha- the pick package would have to be better than Miami's pick package for Portland to even consider that. Yeah, I think, again, if you're not going to give up Jalen Brown, then I think you're going to need a third team to get involved. Uh, where they send extra capital, extra draft capital, extra young players. But I do think the trade that makes the most sense in my head for Damian Lillard would be a Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard swap. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to add much sweetener on either side. I don't think Portland needs to entice the Celtics much, and I don't think the Celtics need to add really anything else in the trade to get Lillard. It just comes down to, if you're Boston, do you think Lillard takes you from a perennial conference finals team to a team that finally wins a chip? I mean, and the other question is, too, is you have to look at Dame's contract and ask, Fair. do you want to take that on? Because for most teams, like the big market teams, like you mentioned, Boston, who are contending, most of them that's not really a problem for because they're trying to win right now, and that's kind of their goal every single year is to win. And by the time Dame is 35, 36, he's making $60 million. That's a big commitment from some of these teams to make for a guy making that much when he's that old because how well is he going to age? He's probably not going to age like LeBron. No one has. So I don't know. I mean, but Jalen Brown, you're going to have to own $300 million. So it's either pay Lillard for the next three or lock in on Jalen Brown who has shown that he might not be able to dribble so well in the playoffs I don't know I mean he was their best player in the finals when they made the finals that's oh, yeah. something to write home about Tatum was kind of a no-show in that series this pra- this past playoff run Brown was kind of the no-show he, did, he didn't play to the level that we got accustomed to so I really don't know I mean if Tatum's your dude um, I do think Lillard is a better number two. That being said, do you think with the roster being currently as it's currently constructed, is that enough to win a championship? If Dame got added to Boston, I do think it's enough. But I also think the roster the way it is now, like even adding Porzingis is good enough to compete and have a chance to win. So I think adding Dame just gives them that extra offensive um, kind of burst because they're already going to have a good defense with Derek White still being there. Tatum's a very capable defender. Al Horford is a good right defender, especially in the playoffs. He's come up big for them. Porzingis is a great rim protector. So they're still going to be able to guard and they're just adding the star offensive talent. I think it would probably make them favorites in the East for next year because a lot of these teams in the East that were at the top haven't really improved as much as it feels like Boston has or maybe could if they got Dame. So 
I think it gives them a go-to playoff performer. He always shows up. He always shows up in the playoffs. You know, as we've seen, the two stars that they currently have have both had no-show series in the playoffs. Yeah. Damian Lillard, since I can remember at least, has always balled out in the playoffs. So, if you're looking at it that way, I do think Lillard takes them from one of three teams in the East Mm -hmm. to definitively uh, making them the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think this takes them over Milwaukee. I think this definitely takes them over Philadelphia or even a team like Miami. Uh, And what I'm interested in to know your opinion on is, would this be a better trade for Jalen Brown or for Damian Lillard? I think it's a better trade for Damian Lillard just because he gets a chance to kind of cement his legacy as one of the best guards. If he can get that ring, people will really start talking about him more as like an all-timer just because of the type of career he's had. Jalen Brown will get a chance to show what he can do with his own team. And so I'm sure he would feel good about that. I mean, they're not going to be as good as they were in Boston. So it's kind of sacrificing some winning to be the best guy on your team. But he could potentially develop into that still. Um, But I just think it would be a better trade for Dame just in terms of being able to win and what winning can do for him. I think uh, it definitely helps Dame more in terms of winning. But I think Jalen Brown could benefit on building his and developing his own brand. Mm-hmm. He's kind of in the shadow, Jason Tatum, and rightfully so. Tatum's a little bit better of a player. But I think him going to Portland, you know, playing with a player like Scoot and Jeremy Grant, that team is still competitive. They're definitely not a title favorite. They're definitely not a favorite in the West, like the Celtics still are currently. Mm-hmm. But I can see that team avoiding a play-in if, if Jalen Brown really steps up as a number one. I think that out of all the trade scenarios that have been thrown out there or thought of, I do think that's the most realistic trade though. Do you think that all this noise, Dame and his agent, well, mostly his agent, Dame really hasn't said as much, but all this news that his agent is calling teams, telling them not to trade for him, do you think that's actually going to affect other teams' trade offers for Damian Lillard? I think it depends on who you are. I mean, if you're Utah, do you really want to blow it up for Lillard? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's 33. And uh, that's a young team. It does so. not fit our timeline anyway. Uh, I don't think if the Clippers were able to, just in theory, even though they're probably not going to be able to. Yeah. In theory, if a team like the Clippers or the Sixers came up with a good package for Portland. Mm-hmm. I don't think Damian Lillard would be opposed to going to either one of those teams. And Philly's kind of intriguing to me because if they gave up Tyrese Maxey, I'd be willing to listen. But it depends how you value Tyrese Maxey as well. Like, do you like him better than Tyler Hero? Are you willing to move up off another guard in that backcourt to take him on? So Philly's interesting, but I don't think it really changes as much for Philly. I mean, they get a playoff performer, which seems like they don't really have any of nope. those at the moment. Holy crap, dude. What <laughs> but, happened to Joel Embiid? What I know. Happened? And they have James Harden with him, who, who also doesn't show whatever up. happened to him. Wow. Yeah, an elimination game. So, 
I mean, it's if interesting. The, if you're the Sixers, you think Tyrese Maxey is Michael Jordan. So, <laughs> I mean, they haven't been able to include him in any trade package or offer. They, mm-hmm. They're considering him as, like, untouchable. They'd probably trade Joel Embiid before they trade Tyrese Maxey at this point. But, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think Boston's the most realistic suitor if they're willing to put Jalen Brown on the table. And you probably wouldn't have to give up anything else. Yeah, I mean, and I'm... I'm a more of a believer in Tyrese Maxey. I almost like him more than James Harden at this point, just sure. because Harden is he's doesn't really show up in the playoffs. He's on his decline. Maxey just keeps getting better every year. It's kind of an exciting thing, at least for Philly, that they have a young player like that who's that good on this kind of team. But, yeah, I don't know if they could pull off a trade for Dame either. Something that is interesting, though, because since Harden also wants to be moved... Do you think there's any way that there's a big three or four team trade that involves the Blazers, the Sixers, the Clippers? Because it's rumored that the Clippers are interested in Harden too. I think there's any way they can make a big swap like that work, sending Dame to Philly, Harden to the Clippers, and then just a bunch of assets to Portland. I think in order for that to work, Maxi would have to be available. Um, I think Lillard would end up going to Philadelphia. I think Harden to L.A. What kind of assets do the Clippers have that the Portland Trailers would want? That's the question. Yeah. Do they have anything that Portland would actually care about? And the biggest things for them would probably be if there were any expiring contracts, um, any young players, and the Clippers really only have... Terrence Mann. I mean, I can't think of any other younger dude that they have who's all intriguing. Of them are, all, of our, all of them are veteran small forwards. Everybody on the Clippers. <laughs> a lot of wings. Veteran small forwards because Kawhi doesn't play anymore. And PG is injured all the time as well. So It's true. It's true. Veteran small forwards is what they have. And Russell Westbrook. Well, that's also why I think it could be so intriguing for the Clippers to take a chance on Harden for one more year because they can have one year of Harden, Kawhi, and PG. If it doesn't work this year, they can easily blow it up because I believe PG and Kawhi have player options, I think, and I don't think the Clippers are planning on extending them. So well, I mean, the Clippers could have they a, haven't done Jack. Exactly. So. And the Clippers, I feel like they could just have one more year of all-in, and then if that doesn't work... Maybe just blow it up and go for some free agents. I think that's what you'd have to almost do if you're the Clippers. That's why they're kind of enticing. Harden would basically steal most of Westbrook's minutes. Yeah, he'd come off the bench at that point. Um, But that team lives and dies by Kawhi Leonard. And he's been dead. So who really knows what they're thinking? Again, in order for that to work, they have to send something of value to Portland. Yeah, that's the question we ask. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have anything that is really of value to Portland to do that free team trade, but that is the most intriguing yeah. package scenario because it satisfies a want and a need for every single team on that West. Gets Dame out of Portland, gets Harden out of Philly, gets Dame to a contender, you know. I think Dame would prefer to play with Maxi, but the only way that trade is happening is if Tyrus Maxi's involved. Yeah. Well, and then going back to more of the Dame thing, 
Because the other team that we haven't talked about as much yet is Utah. If you're Utah and you have these teams like my like if no one's offering a better package than the Miami Heat, would you be willing to maybe say, hey, here's Colin Sexton, Kelly Olynyk, and we'll give you three first-round picks, maybe a fourth protected pick for Dame when you're not maybe giving up as much as you might have to. Is that something that you would consider doing? Or? I, I mean, I think that's fair. We already have a 1,000 from Minnesota. I think those are going to be very valuable, though. Would you... I I would almost, if we're doing that... Because they could give up their own picks, too. We could. I'd give up Cleveland's mm-hmm. out of anybody's. I don't know, though. Because Cleveland and Minnesota are in similar boats. They're both riding on a very talented young player. Yeah. Cleveland's going to go as far as Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell take them. Minnesota is going to go as far as Anthony Edwards takes them. Mm-hmm. So who are you banking to suck more? I'm not sure. Because I think Cleveland has a better core. I also think Anthony Edwards has the potential to be the best player out of the four that I just named. Yeah, yeah. I so agree with that. He's a stud. Who really knows? And... As a rebuilding team, the most valuable picks you can ever have are your own. Yep. So how much are you willing to stake in the future to get Damian Lillard? Maybe you do one of each. Maybe you do a first of your own, a first of Minnesota's, and the first of Cleveland's just to kind of diversify your portfolio. I would do that if I'm Utah. If you like, if if the price was lower than kind of expected, you're well, saying? if it's Tyler Hero and two picks that you're competing against, yeah, they could easily beat that and still have tons of assets, I mean, and that would make them better right now. Maybe not a favorite, but they could c- compete still. But I mean, we have the most assets to offer. We can outbid anybody for anything. Yeah, I honest. mean, basically, it's either the Jazz or OKC, and there's no way OKC and wants OKC's not blowing that up. No. They have- five very talented four or five very talented young players yeah um we might have to th- sweeten the pot with a younger asset mm. uh but if that's all it takes is a jordan clarkson tht kelly olenic yeah you know what Some i mean firsts i would do that if i'm utah it would make the jazz competitive now while still having a crazy amount of assets. Yeah. If it doesn't work. You my, know what I mean? My biggest thing with the Jazz, too, in trading for Dame, I almost would prefer if they didn't, just because they have all these assets, right? Small market team. They have young players. They can wait for the right opportunity, the right star to ask out. Because it feels like every offseason, there's, there's a guy or one. two. There's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's no need to rush and to take someone like Dame, even though he's a great player. Maybe he's not the right star for this team to have and why not wait till maybe next offseason maybe Jalen Brown doesn't get re-signed they have cap space yeah. maybe there's He's another player who asks out right always happens Luca exactly sick of being exactly. in Dallas so at that point I at least if I'm from the Jazz perspective there's no need to rush so unless you can get a really good deal for him I'd almost just I'd hold off and I would wait I'd also like to see what they have in the three rookies that we just drafted. Mm-hmm. And by acquiring Damian Lillard, that eats up pretty much the playing time for uh, most of the rookies, most of the assets that we're acquiring. So I think you're right, man. I don't think the Jazz should rush into a trade to get Damian Lillard, mostly because of his age. Yeah. And there's always going to be a younger star 
that's going to ask out. You know, we don't want to be in Minnesota. We don't want to be the Suns. Nope. You know, getting Bradley Beal. You know, we don't want to be that team that goes all in for Ben Simmons, like the New York Knicks or New York oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Yeah, that was crap. that's a rough trade for you them. know. We're not. We, you, you know what I mean? We don't want to be the Sixers. We don't want to be anybody in recent memory that has traded for a star and given up a bunch of assets. Because a big in two contract. years they just ask out. Like it's, yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Well, and then that's that's the other thing. If you look at James Harden, since he's someone else who wants to trade, I don't know how much of a market there really is for him. No, not because much. he's asked for what like three trades the last three years to get out of Houston, to get out of Brooklyn, now to get out of Philly. Like, what does it take to make James Harden happy when you look at it? Like, what does he want from a team? Well, we know what he wants, and it's not basketball. <laughs> but Houston doesn't want him, apparently. Houston doesn't so. want him, though, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. James Harden. Very disappointing. I would put him right next to Kyrie Irving as the most disappointing superstar of the past three or four seasons. Man, and they were on the same team too. Mostly because he went from perennial MVP candidate, lighting the world on fire, goes to goes to Brooklyn, balls out, honestly. He plays fantastic. But the way he left Houston left him hampered. Didn't get to play in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of him basically tanking himself. And then goes to Philadelphia... And we're finally now seeing the decline. Mm-hmm. He's not as quick. He can still facilitate well. He's still an all-star caliber player. Yeah. But he wasted... He shortened his prime by tanking himself. And every team that he's ever been acquired to since has paid the price. Yeah, I just... The only... Like I mentioned before, the only team I think would even that it would be worth taking a chance on is maybe the Clippers. Yeah. Because I also don't think his trade value is very high right now. Because if I'm Philly, I would just be willing to move Maxi to the one and see if he can play make and maybe take some of those wings from the Clippers and whatever picks they have. Just because, I mean, Harden last year in the playoffs, he had a couple good games, but he's good. But when it really mattered, like in Game 7 just didn't show up so i don't know how much teams are going to be willing to give up for a guy like that who always asks out and he only has one year left on his contract since he opted in so there's no guarantee he's even going to stay with your team if you trade for him and knowing that history i would be kind of cautious with that all right who says no in this trade scenario okay okay we've got james harden going to the clippers damian lillard going to the sixers Portland receives Maxi. Or no, so let me revert back. Okay, okay. James Harden goes to the Clippers. The Clippers send to the Sixers Batum um, and Markeith Morris. Mm -hmm. Okay, offload those two. Yeah. Then. The Clippers also send to Portland Trey Mann, mm-hmm. one of their younger assets. Portland sends Damian Lillard to the Sixers. And the Sixers send Tyrese Maxey to Portland as well as a couple of picks. Mm-hmm. 
uh, who says no in that scenario? Man, because if Philly gets Dame and other players, I feel like Philly does that. I feel like the Clippers, if they're willing to get rid of Trey Mann, I feel like they should probably do that trade. The only team might be Portland, but if that's the best offer they get, they might just take it because you got Maxi and whatever picks are in the trade. I assume they're going to be better than Miami's picks or at least have more of them than Miami's picks. I think that's a trade that could work out for everyone, honestly, when I, I look think, at it. Yeah, I think it comes down to the, the amount of draft capital. And I would prefer... I don't think... Do the Clippers have any first-rounders they can even trade? If they do, they're really far into the future, if that makes sense. Because um, in that OKC trade, they gave up picks till what, 2024, 2025? Like, the Clippers might have maybe like a 2029 pick to give up. So they have a 2027 mm. that they can give. If I'm the Clipper, or if I'm the Trailblazers... I want that pick so bad because in 2027, I don't even know if James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George will even be on that team. That team could yet be alone different. playing on the in back in the NBA. Exactly. So, I I would trade for just that pick. <laughs> Dang near. That's one that has to be required, right? So, if the Clippers are willing to part ways with either their 2027 or 2028 draft first round draft pick if they can even trade that i'm not not aware mm-hmm. the logistics with the new cba how trading picks work and all that stuff but yeah if they're willing to throw that in and then the sixers were able to throw in a couple of first rounders that's not a bad package you get tyrese maxi you get trey man both young players um one of which that scorched Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, and I've always scarred that. For That's life. the craziest game I've ever seen, just because he's never done anything like that. Never ever done anything again. Ever you get two young assets that you can be excited with, and then you can maybe offload one of the younger players that you're not so high on compared mm-hmm. to Maxi. Yeah. You know, whether it be Sharp or Simons, most likely Simons, mm-hmm. for future, for even more capital. I could totally see Philly being a lot more willy to, willing to part with Tyrese Maxey in a trade scenario like that if they get more than just Dame back, as you mentioned. Like, if they're getting some of those Clippers wings, I think they'd feel a lot better about it, like bolstering up their team and getting better, especially because James Harden's going out in that trade and Tyrese Maxey would be going out in that trade because mm-hmm. Maxey is definitely the more valuable asset. Yeah, and the Sixers... Uh, they have their 2024, 2026, and 2028 first-round draft picks available. If I'm the Trailblazers, you know, I say, hey, give us your 2024 and 2026, or even just the 26 and 28 first-round draft picks. You get three potential quality picks back. Maxi and uh, Man. Yeah. For Lillard, pretty much. I almost would rather want their even later draft picks, just on the chance if Joel, like if I could get twenty twenty nine and twenty twenty seven, um, just for the chance that Joel Embiid might ask out at some point. Sure. We don't know. Could be a couple of years, but if Philly is always the second round exit team, they never get any better. If maybe they get even worse, 
they don't trade for Dame. Maybe they can't get rid of Harden and they lose him. I, I mean, in this scenario, they'd be trading Harden, but there's a chance Joel doesn't spend his whole career in Philadelphia. So I'd be asking for those later picks just in case they do have to ship him out. They probably won't be as good. Okay, well, Definitely do we want to start that. our top 10 point guard segment? Yeah, let's dive into it. I mean, we discussed two anyway. So top 10 point guards, again, this is going to be our running segment of ours throughout the next few episodes. We're just going to go through an honorable mentions list and then our top 10 NBA point guards who we think, as of right now, are the best players. Now, this this doesn't regard any kind of historic value. doesn't take into consideration how many championships they've won. It just goes off of who we think are the best players at that position right now going into the season. Kind of a, a who would you rather have, kind of like our head-to-heads. So why don't you want to start off with your honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, my I only had one honorable mention for this one, mostly just because I feel he was the one that was the hardest debating for me to keep out of my top 10, but I picked Drew Holiday. Um, just because of his just all-around ability to be really good at a lot of things. He scores 17 to 20 points a game. He can get you six to eight assists. He's an elite defensive player. So he was a guy who almost made my top 10, but I just had to leave him off the list. I agree with you there. He's in my honorable mentions list as well. Before we move on, Kyrie Irving and... uh, Shea. And Shea Gildress-Alexander, we are going to move to the shooting guard slot. We feel that they actually play that position, even though they may be listed as point guards. They're more two guards in our minds. Yeah, Kyrie playing with Luka, and then OKC Josh Giddy kind of feels like he's the main ball handler and initiator for that team. So. But you'll see them on our two-guard list. Yeah. Anyway, Drew Holiday is one of my honorable mentions for sure. The other one that I had that I had to leave off my list personally was Darius Garland. Mm. It was a surprise that I didn't have him in my top 10, but this is the most loaded category I feel in the entire NBA. So not making the top 10 list does not mean you're not an all-star caliber player because both Drew Holiday and Darius Garland are. And they've both been all-stars. There's so many guards in the NBA. And uh, especially with the emergence of like Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. you know, you just can't find enough space in this list. So that is my honorable mention list. My 10th, just squeezing in, is Tyrese Halliburton. I think just the way that he can literally score zero points and still be the most impactful player on the court. This guy is an assist machine. He makes everyone around him better. And I think the Pacers got real lucky by acquiring him in uh, this past year. They have their franchise player to build around. Yeah, no, I I think that's a good spot to have him. I have him in a similar range. We'll get to that in a moment. But my number 10 on my list was James Harden. We do consider him a point guard. Um, he's the primary ball handler. I put him at 10 because he's a super talented pick-and-roll ball handler. Can still be an isolation scorer for your team. His... Uh, some other aspects maybe aren't up to par, like his defense, his off-ball playing, 
Um, some seems like his leadership sometimes, but he's just so talented at the things he's good at. I couldn't keep him out of the top ten. Yeah, I have Harden as my number nine. So I really think those two. Maybe eating my words, I think Halliburton may actually have a better season coming up. I just think Harden's going to be in a better situation to be in more impactful games. Yeah, and you know what I mean. That's maybe why I kind of skewed towards Harden, just because of I've seen it before with him. He's actually been in playoff series. I have never seen Halliburton in the playoffs, so not sure what we're getting with yeah. him. Uh, but yeah, I have him right next to each other. Just. I think what could benefit James Harden is getting a little bit more um, scoring back into his game. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got the skills to do so. He has lost a step, but he's definitely still one of the top 10 point guards in the NBA. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, move, easily moving to my number nine, I had Tyrese Halliburton, where you had him at 10. Kind of like you mentioned, he's an excellent passer, excellent pick and roll player. He can shoot. Um, I think he'll just keep getting better, and he is the leader of that franchise. Um, and I think he'll have a really good season. So he was at my nine. Yeah, who do you have at number eight? Number eight, I put Trey Young. And this feels a little low for Trey Young in a way. And maybe it was just some recency bias because of his poor shooting last year. Really wasn't that effective overall. I mean,. He's not an off-ball player. He needs the ball in his hands. Um, He doesn't really play defense. um, But kind of like the same thing with James Harden. He's just, he's a really, really talented scorer. He's a talented passer with the ball in in his hands, um, making plays for others off of pick-and-roll reads. Um, That is just, it's, it couldn't leave him off the list. Had to put him on at eight just because of that talent alone. And, he does have the ability to take over a playoff series. Yeah, he um, does. Offensively, so he he made my list at eight. Trey Young is an offense in of in and of himself. You can kind of plug him on any team, and they'd probably have a top ten offense. The dude can average ten assists and twenty eight points in his sleep. Not yeah. very many players are able to do that. He did take a step back this year. But I think it's because the Hawks decided to go two-point guard route with DeJounte. DeJounte Murray. And that might be the worst thing that can happen for Trey Young. I mean, he's already an undersized guard playing next to another undersized guard in the backcourt. Leaves him more vulnerable defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is just kind of a, he's a Luka Doncic, James Harden archetype. He yep. needs the ball in his hands to be effective. He's not a Steph Curry where even if he doesn't have the ball, you have to worry about him 24-7. He needs to have the ball to be effective. And a 1-2 kind of punch doesn't really work for him. And I think that's why he's kind of fell. He's not my number eight, but he's in that similar range. Hmm. My number eight's actually Jalen Brunson. Okay. He skyrocketed the list from what he did to... Donovan Mitchell yet again. He's Donovan Mitchell's daddy. In the playoffs, man. He's his daddy. I mean, that series, he's already the most popular Nick since probably Patrick Ewing. Well, I I mean, there's Melo I think he's more popular than Melo. Wow. I've seen a lot. Just because he's, you know, six foot post god for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, his footwork and handles. I don't know how he can still get a jump hook off at six foot tall, but... He just backs you down. 
post hook, and nobody seems to be able to guard it. Yeah, and he actually comes in at number seven on my list. So we also had him in a very similar range. I'm and very that's why I up, so. yeah, and I'm very impressed with his ability to run a team. Like if you need a pure point guard, he's one of these pure point guards. He can pass, and he can really score as well. And he's one of those guys. He steps up in the playoffs, right? We saw it with the Mavericks um, in their conference finals run. Um, losing him really hurt them. And then with the Knicks this year, he stepped it up again. He was their best player, and they have Julius Randle on that team. And he was honestly better than Julius Randle um, at this such a loaded position. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jalen Brunson. Well, so why would you pick Jalen Brunson over Trey Young? I think he's more of a winning player. I'd rather have him be my point guard in terms of he can run my offense like a point guard. He doesn't always have to have the ball in his hands 24-7, right? He can score in more than one way. He's a bigger player. He's a stronger player. I think he's a better leader as well for a franchise. Um, And he's shown that he can play with other guys. He's played with Luka. He can play with Julius Randle. So that's kind of what gives him the edge for me. For me, I almost had a hard time having Trey Young be outside of my top five. Yeah. Just because of what he can do the by talent himself. is there yeah um so that's kind of why i had him over brunson mm-hmm. you have a valid point but i think maybe there might be a little bit of recency bias trey young's definitely coming off of maybe his worst season since his rookie year yeah and brunson's coming off of his best seasons he, he's ever had it's true so and i i'm just a little more sheepish on putting Brunson in that kind of yeah super upper and echelon I will say, right away. I will say, as a number one option, having the best player on your team, Trey Young fits that, I think, better. True. Um, as just being the star of your team. But I just, thinking as a team, if I'm going to try and win, I just think Jalen Brunson fits a little better because I would rather have a, a star who I think is better than Trey Young. Brunson's definitely a better like third or maybe even second best player on your team. Yeah, I don't know if Trey can fit in. Yeah, that's that's a, that, that was my thing with him. Yeah, as a Robin, maybe Brunson does have more of an impact because he's a better defender. He seems to have a little bit more grit, and you know he can take over series, but he doesn't also have to be the twenty four seven. Yeah, he's willing to give it up kind of and let someone yeah. else do their thing. Yeah, it's fair. I do. I mean, I, I guess just ranking them as players, I think Trey is a little bit has a little bit more talent has a little bit more to offer but yeah brunson definitely he definitely made an impact this season uh with new york he showed that that's crazy he showed the, that the dallas run it was not a mistake like that's mistake. that's who he is that's who crazy he is. i mean and to think that people thought he was overpaid oh i mean that's that probably contract's one of a the great best, contract yeah. now one of the best contracts in the nba oh yeah so well moving on since we kind of already touched who do you have at number six? I have Jamal Murray. I also have Jamal Murray at my okay. number six. I, uh, he is also a playoff player. When you think of guys who step up in the playoffs, he's one of those guys. He goes from maybe regular season. He's recently, I mean, an injuries probably have a lot to do with this. He's been a borderline all-star. But in the playoffs, he's playing like an all-NBA type player. I mean, in the finals, he just shows he's able to take over a game scoring, but he can also step up his passing and his playmaking and um, be that number two, that lethal guy to Jokic. And um, he can definitely, I feel like 
A big reason too I put him over Brunson is I feel like he can he has more of that individual talent to absolutely take over, kind of like Trey Young showed in their conference yeah. finals run. I think Jamal Murray has that more of that in him where he can have his moments as a scoring number one type of guy. I kind of go back to the bubble and how he basically played like Michael Jordan on steroids. Oh, that was crazy. Um, and ever since then, we really haven't seen that due to injuries. Mm-hmm. So he kind of fell off the radar because he was injured, wasn't playing. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as soon as he got back inserted into the lineup for a full season, the Denver Nuggets win an NBA championship. Yeah. He's already shown he can be a second-best player on a championship-level team. Now, is he... I mean, point guard, I think Jokic is really their point guard, but can't say that for the sake of this. So... Because Jokic is a center, but he's Whether you just, put him at shooting they, guard or point guard. They play guard, through him, yeah. He's in the top 10 of either list. Yeah. So definitely showed this year that he is one of the best at his position when it comes time, when it matters most. Exactly. And that's, he has, yeah, he hasn't been elected an all-star all-NBA. No. Like some of the other people that he's ranked ahead of. Mm-hmm. But... It feels like he's almost done more, been more successful than those guys, though, in a way. Because Denver, even in the bubble, they made the conference finals when he was the last time he was healthy before this year. Yep. And I I really think, I mean, Jamal Murray moving forward, too, he might be having his best seasons ahead of him because yep. he's still not that old. He might be 26 or 27, I'm not sure exactly, but still has a lot of career left and could have some good individual years now going forward. He might already have more rings than the people he's ranked ahead of by the events we'll have. That. Yeah. Yeah. Trey Young may never get one. Harden may never get one. Halliburton, I am a little bit more. He still optimistic. has a lot of time. You yeah. know, Brunson, if he gets in, maybe. New, New York, York needs maybe a. Not. I don't need, think New, so, New York but, needs another star to make that happen. He might already have more hardware. Yeah. Than the teams that. He, or than the players that he's ranked ahead of currently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think there's much debate there. Now, this is where the list gets really interesting at five and four. I currently have John ja Morant five and De'Aaron Fox four. Yeah, and mine I have swapped. I have De'Aaron Fox five and John ja Morant four. Um, my biggest reason, too, is Fox has been good for a couple of years. Um, he had his best year last year i would say especially since the team was a winning team um but i think they do kind of have similar play styles darren fox isn't as reckless but um and darren fox i think is a little slower with his pace but i just don't think he has as much top end talent as jaw which is why i ended up putting him at five i feel like jaw at his best is just more of a dominant guard than darren fox I think you could go either way here. Um, I am just nervous that John Morant is just going to tear something. I hate saying that. Yeah. Just the way he plays scares me. Oh, yeah. I think De'Aaron Fox is a little bit more methodical. He can get to his spots. We've seen him go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry. He had a great series. He played amazing in that playoff series. I think he's a little bit better shooter. Maybe not from three. I think they shoot similar percentages. Like he, I think last season he shot only 32%. You 
you know, he floats around that 33% from three. Yeah, Let's which is it's respectable, but it's not a knockdown shooter by any means. So, But I do think, yeah, John Morant shoots around the same three-point percentage. John Morant has no mid-range game. De'Aaron Fox is able to kill you in the mid-range. In the mid-range. So he's more of a three-level scorer than Ja. Ja, it's either at the rim or a wide-open three. Mm-hmm. And I also think De'Aaron Fox takes harder, more difficult three-pointers than Ja yeah. Morant. So I just think he's a better shooter. He's got a little bit tighter of a handle. And I also think he's a better facilitator. Yes. One thing I've noticed is... The Grizzlies are almost just as good when John Moran doesn't play. Which has been kind of odd to see like that, because that's usually not the case with star players. Exactly. I, I just think John Moran's another one of those. The world revolves around him, yeah. and everyone else is just kind of a complimentary piece, kind of yeah. like Trey Young. And I know I made this argument for Trey Young, but when, it, when you're comparing Garrett Fox... He can he can be your best player some nights. Mm-hmm. He can also be Let's take a step the back. facilitator and let Sabonis take over yeah. or make other people better. And I've just seen both have played really well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Darren Fox has been healthy at least for an entire series. John Morant has yet to do that. Yeah, and that might have a lot to do with his play style. But my biggest reason too for having Jaw at four, kind of like. As you mentioned, Aaron Fox does a little more with his game in terms of maybe being a better, like, pure point guard, shooting in the mid-range. Um, he did win Clutch Player of the Year, too, so he hit shots when it matters. But John Morant is so unstoppable that even though everyone knows he's trying to get to the paint, still can't stop him from getting to the paint. And I just think it's just his top-end talent is just is just more dominant in a way. Because, like you said, Aaron Fox can take the lead some nights or take a step back. But is De'Aaron Fox your number one on a title contending team? Fair. And I think John Morant has more of that ability to be that kind of player. And he might not be there yet, but he's still really young. He is younger than Fox at the moment. They're both still young. But that was my reason for putting Jaw ahead at number four. Yeah, the De'Aaron Fox thing is definitely more recency biased. Um, I just think the only thing that alarms me about Jaw is one, potential health concerns. Yep. That is yeah, something that don't matters. Wish, don't wish that on anybody, but... But injuries happen. And also, the Grizzlies rare, don't even take a step back when he's not there. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? You take De'Aaron Fox off of Sacramento, they don't make the playoffs. Probably I don't no. think. No. Because the Grizzlies might sneak in mm-hmm. without John Morant. This, this year even. I mean, they added Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart. And hopefully Derrick Rose can help draw out a lot with the injury thing because Derrick Rose completely has changed his play style and he used to play like John Morant basically. Yeah. So hopefully that's something that can um, help John Morant out in terms of him maybe being a little less reckless driving to the basket. But I mean, that is to be determined. But I think that is something for this upcoming year that could really benefit Jaw. Yeah, and like you said, Jaw does have higher upside. He has higher top tier like jock can be of an mvp yep i don't know if De'Aaron fox ever has that in him mm-hmm. but i just see a more consistent level of play out of fox whether it be just simply due to availability yeah than i do with jaw and yeah. maybe that's probably why i put him just slightly above and this 
Morant could be eating crow next year. John Morant could come out of his suspension looking like the best player in the league. Yep. But I just think, this especially one, for next season, I think Fox is just going to be a bit more reliable. Yeah. Well, this one was one I thought about a lot, too. Because I feel like, I mean, these two, there's a I feel like a solid top three. And then four and five is kind of in their it's own tier as well those. at the moment. Yeah. And you can even put Jamal Murray in there. He's he's getting closer. He's getting close. I don't think he's quite there yet. I do yet, think that would but, be a lot of recency bias. Yeah, but he's getting closer. But anyway, and as we know, as we discussed before, our top threes are kind of similar: Dame, Luca, Steph. Out of the bunch, what makes Dame kind of at the bottom mm-hmm. for you? Why isn't Dame higher? Yep. Yeah, because like kind of like you said, my three, two, one. I got Dame, Luca, Steph. For me, Dame at number three is he is another one of those guys who needs the ball in his hands. The same with but, Luca. Yeah, but but rightfully so because there's not really anyone else who can put the ball True. in their hands and say they're gonna do better than he does. Um, he's I think he's a really good leader. Um, he's a great shooter, obviously a great scorer. He's gotten better at facilitating throughout his career. But like, for example, Dame versus Luka, I mean, neither of them are really great defensive players. But I think Luka has, the reason why I put Dame at three and Luka at two, Luka has been able to carry more of a load on his back and be successful than Dame has. And, you know, Luka gets more rebounds, more assists. He has a higher usage rate. He scores just as many points as Dame. Not as good of a shooter, but I think he's done a lot more with less compared to Dame. I mean, it's not like Dame has had a lot recently, but I just think overall that kind of like puts you on my back and carry a thing that LeBron yeah. kind of has. I think Luka has a little bit of that as well. I agree with you. I think, I mean, to kind of touch why Dame is higher than the rest of the list, he's been there, done that. He can, he can consistently average 30. Yep, every he's year. He's got amazing range. He's just never truly been in a scenario where he has the right cast around him. Yeah. The one year that he made the conference finals, he still had Yusuf Nurkic on his team. The worst center. <laughs> I hate that guy. Okay. Just never draft well, him for your fantasy team. Fair enough. He has fallen off a cliff at this point. CJ McCollum as your second best player, is that really going to get you anywhere? I don't think so. No. CJ McCollum's a great player. As you can see, he didn't even make this honorable mention list as nope. a point guard. And, he, and he's a point guard for New Orleans. So so I don't think that gets you really anywhere. Mm-hmm. Lillard has never had a cast good enough to get him where he needs to go. Yeah, exactly. Now, but yet he's carried teams to conference finals. He's showed up in the playoffs. It's more of a... He's always been there, um, but it's like... Uh, well, and another thing, too, it also feels like Luka is maybe a more talented player. Because if you look at how young Luka is, what he's doing at this age, Dame has consistently got better throughout his career to this point. It feels like he's kind of hit his peak, but yeah, even then true. he's kept getting better. I mean, but then you look at how young Luka is and what he's doing, it might be a little bit better than what Dame's been doing. So Luka, that's another reason, too. Luka brings more to the table because of his size. Yes, that's another thing. I mean, thing. he can rebound much better than Lillard. He can, he can rebound better than anybody on this list. Oh, yeah, easily. And he probably gets, I mean, he gets just as much assist as, like, Halliburton, Harden, Trey Young. 
more rebounds than them. He scores as much as anyone on the list. Like, he just he has almost everything except the defense. It's true. And my only reason why I don't put Luca above Steph Curry, I mean, yeah, who is, is the number one on the list? Surprise, surprise. Is mainly because I am just waiting for Luca to have a year where he finally solidifies himself as an MVP candidate. Yeah. Or he finally solidifies himself as, I am the top dog. Because since he's came into the league, we've all been saying this guy's a future MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, sooner rather than later, he needs to show it. Yeah. I mean, he's shown glimpses. Him in the playoffs is another beast. I mean, he's averaging 40-point triple-doubles <laughs> against Kawhi Leonard. Essentially, as yeah. His, in his second year. So I don't question his ability at all. It's more of can he consistently do it and can it translate into wins? Because yep. he's never been higher than a freaking, what was it, fifth or sixth seed? I mean, the, they did make the conference finals with Brunson that one year. Crazy run. Yeah, crazy it's a run. good run. But Dame had one of those too. Dame so. had one of those as well. You know, Trey Young had one of those. Yep, yep. It's not out of the ordinary to do it once but can you do it consistently right and i just think luca has the talent in place to be that guy and i haven't seen it yeah i mean and if you look at steph i mean the biggest reason why he's on the list is he's been he's had a season where it's like he had the best season in the nba he's had multiple of those years he can play with anyone he played with kd plays with clay plays with draymond he's great teammate off ball guy can be an on-ball guy or lead guy the best shooter ever he's won multiple rings he's a great leader like and his defense i wouldn't i'd say at least average like he's not a bad defensive player he's not going to get cooked being out there so he just as a whole package it's a really easy number one for me and for sake of this list heading into next season he also probably has the best situation as of right now maybe outside of jamal murray uh, yeah. heading into next season. I also think Sacramento's in a, in a good spot, but so. yeah, compared to all the other guys. Well, and Steph showed. I mean, he beat Sacramento. Yeah. Right? He showed that he was better than Fox. He was at least in the playoffs. You know? So, Steph Curry has a claim for one of the best players on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And he's in the top five scenario. Maybe even the top three on some people's lists. So... Having anyone else here doesn't make much sense. It's Steph Curry. It starts there and ends there. Yep. The only one that has a chance is Luka. And that only happens if... I mean, Luka can prove a lot this season. It's true. They Out of a... all the players that are on this list, Luka has the most to prove, and he's already number two. Yep. In terms of the potential that he can prove this season. Yeah, I mean, he's... They get a full season with Kyrie. They've gotten their roster better than it was last year, right? So they do have more on their team, um, better fits, better defense. It just feels like um, this is a really big year for him in Dallas. I do. It really is because if this doesn't work this year, like if they underperform again, if they don't even make the play in next year, it might be to a point where Luca's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And Jason Kidd might be one to go as well soon, so... I just, my interesting. thing is, is, his play style has really never translated to continuous winning. 
It's true. And, and can he play with other stars? Can he play with other stars? If, if he has to be that ball dominant, I don't ever see him winning. Even LeBron James had to take a slight step back when he teamed up with Dwayne Wade. When he went to Cleveland, when he went to L.A., he was able to evolve his game. And Luka's not a, a, a LeBron James. He's more of a James Harden. Yeah. And that's what scares me. I was going to say, his play style reminds me a lot of Houston James Harden. And that just that didn't work. It was always everything revolved around Harden. And they had shooters around Harden. But they, they couldn't work because Harden would just be so gassed by the end of the year. And he wouldn't show up in the playoffs, which... We now know it seems kind of like a normal thing, but it was just it and puts Luka a lot has on one never guy. had that concern or no, problem. He's yeah. always showed up in the playoffs. Exactly. It's just can you do that over a thirty game playoff and season? Can he do that over a ten to fifteen year career as well? Exactly. Like have that much on his back to carry consistently? Um, which is probably a big reason why Dallas traded for Kyrie, so Luca and Kyrie can figure it out. It could be very beneficial to Luca, but a big thing with that is too is Kyrie's availability and being able to play with Luca. But um, yeah, we'll Luka, see. We'll see what happens this upcoming year. Luca is definitely the most interesting player on this list, just because he arguably has the most talent mm-hmm. uh, or has the most ability out of any of these players. I mean, Steph has. Shooting on steroids and a, and a tight handle, but Lucas just got size. Even rebounding. yeah, he has the whole package. It's just the style of play. Even to start his career, Steph wasn't as good as Lucas been. No, so no, yeah, Lucas one of the best young prospects that's ever come into the league. So still can't believe he went number three in that draft. Yeah, hey. But yeah. people fumble. DeAndre Ayton. You know, imagine if Phoenix had Luca right now. Or yeah, but even Sacramento taking Marvin Bagley. Oh, that was worse. <laughs> that was much worse. But it's true. Yeah. Anyway, this has been another episode of uh, Second Take Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, um, you enjoyed our topics. If you did, just subscribe to our Spotify, our YouTube uh, channel, and wherever else you stream podcasts. Um, until next time.